My name is Amber Miller, and I am here today conducting our Everyday Woman interview with someone who I don't actually think is an everyday woman. I think she's an exceptional, exceptional woman. Um, it's my dear friend, Noelle Moore. Hey, Noelle. Hey, guys. Good morning. <laughs> um, so I am so excited that I get to do this week's interview with you because I've actually wanted to interview you for a while. Um, but it just kind of hasn't, like, you know, been the right time. So for this series that we're doing, I thought about you, and I was so glad that it worked out that you and I could get together and, and do this interview. I think everybody's really going to, like, be super inspired by your story. Awesome. I'm, I'm honored, you know, and I, all I know is to be real and raw, and so I hope that's what is heard today and uh, I guess that people hear my heart. And the fact that, you know, I'm just a normal person that's gone through some stuff. Yeah, well, I think you. you're so awesome. Yes, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us. So um, I'm going to ask you a few just, like, easy questions and help our listeners, like, get to know who you are. So uh, are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, here we go. Uh, so tell us your name, where you live, and how old you are. Okay, my name is Noelle Veronica Moore, and I actually live in Orlando, Florida, and I grew up here, and I've lived in different places, including California and also Highlands of North Carolina, and moved back to Florida four years ago, (laughs) yeah, and I am 36. Okay, Uh, so I'm going to ask you a few fun questions, too, to just like let everybody you know get to know you a little bit better um what is your favorite color i have to say pink now because that's that's kind of friendly color my daughter i thought you would say pink i was thinking (laughs) i bet she's gonna say pink yes okay um so what's your favorite book Ooh, my favorite book I'm not going to say the Bible because I think that's what people would expect. (laughs) Um, I think it probably, I think what changed my theology changed um, back in the day was um, what's so amazing about grace. Oh, okay. Um, Who wrote that? It's old, but it's good. I can't even remember, but it was great. It obviously impacted my life greatly. (laughs) That's so awesome. Uh, Okay, so our listeners are probably going to go look that one up. Um, okay, do you work? And if so, what is your job? So I work full-time um, as the executive director of an organization of a nonprofit, and that is my full-time job. By trade, I'm an event planner, so if I wasn't doing this work, I'd probably be doing events or weddings or things like that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just so our listeners know, you and I met in 2011 at a Bible study at church, and uh, in 2012, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was in 2012 is when you moved away, is that right? Yes, yep, I got married in 2012, and then we moved away. And yes, and so it was kind of then that our, you know, our paths separated a little bit. Uh, but then in 2013 uh, is when you went through, like, an incredibly difficult season. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, 
Yeah, 2013, pretty much um, everything I knew was completely pulled out from underneath me. I, you know, I'd always dreamed of being a wife and a mom, and, you know, I was a daughter. And um, in February, my dad, um, he died unexpectedly. And the crazy part was I was, like, five months pregnant, and it just became this whole thing of, like, the circle of life, like here's this child that's about to come into this world, but yet my father has been, you know, I say released to heaven. And so she became basically my hope for, for continuing on, you know, um, but yeah, 2013 became a year that I hope, um, I never have to ever go through anything like it again. Um, it certainly, um, almost took me out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So can you tell us a little bit more about what all happened? So I know you got married in 2012, and then it was pretty soon after that that your dad got sick, wasn't it? Yeah, so we had only been married maybe um, six months, four, four, four or five months. I got okay. pregnant, found out my dad literally was in the hospital one day. The next day he, um, he died. He had never been in the hospital, never had a surgery. He worked full-time pretty much, um, and so when my dad died, that's the first time, like, I ever encountered grief, which was so strange because it was so intense. Like, yeah. I never I never really had any close to me, like, super close to me die, and yeah. I just remember being really angry that it had to be my dad to try to have yeah. to navigate through these crazy emotions that I'd never, oh, ever gosh. felt before. Um, so, yeah, it yeah. was rough. Um, so then... Uh, five months later is when my second big hit or loss happened. And that's what really um, pretty much started my downward spiral. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you happened? want me to share. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so in July, <clears throat> this is 2013, um, I was admitted into the hospital full term and basically ready to have a baby. It was a happy day. It was a beautiful day outside. And I was um, induced, and so we were just kind of going through the the labor process, and 28 hours into this labor, there wasn't a whole lot of progression, but my doctors left, and I was at a very um, prominent hospital in Orlando, and shortly after my doctors left, my daughter's heart rate was going all over the place, and so the staff tried to find my doctors. They couldn't find my doctors. The staff tried to find other doctors on property, and in the meantime, they're rushing me in for a stat C-section because their heart rate is um, just dropping. And so they never, um, they couldn't find another doctor on property, and I waited in the operating room and waited and waited and waited. I waited not just like five minutes, um, but I waited over 30, 35 minutes prepped, ready to go for a doctor to get there to do the C-section. And all of that stuff is like yesterday to me. I can remember everything about it. And finally, my doctor, my personal doctor, got back and got her out. And they resuscitated her and put her on um, pretty much immediately on life support. And uh, that just began this crazy journey, like, of this child who looks perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with her. There's no genetic conditions. But something was wrong and Mm -hmm. uh so yeah she was in the hospital for um started out you know a few days and 
everybody was praying for a miracle. Um, she was on a cooling treatment to stop any further brain activity or damage. And, uh, you know, I just knew. I was like, God, I know you're going to do this. Like, there's no, she's fine. She'll be fine. You're the God of miracles. You're the healer. I, I've always believed that my whole life. Like, you're, she's fine. And as the days went by, like, it wasn't happening. And I still tried to believe. That's all I knew to do. And, uh, yeah. You know, two weeks into it is when uh, we just said, like, we're going to do one more MRI. And if it shows, you know, no more brain activity, then we're going to have to make the worst decision ever. And that's to take her off life support. So I think it was, you know, 23 days. It was a Friday. And, uh, you know, the staff had been pretty helpful. And friends and family had come and gone. And, you know, but yet we were faced with this thing of, She'll never know you. She'll never walk. She'll never talk. She'll live like basically a vegetable. So we had to make the worst decision I, I will ever be of my entire life, and that was to remove her off life support. Um, so, yeah, it was horrible, awful. Um, and in that moment, and when I talk about my ministry and the work that I do, it was that day, that moment, the next 10 minutes is what has changed me forever, ever. Yeah. And that's why I do the work that I do. Yeah, yeah. And your daughter's name is Finley. Yeah, so my daughter's name was Finley. She was eight pounds. She had all her fingers, all of her toes. She basically um, died as a result of um, Pitocin and basically just being in labor too long. Um, so, yeah, it was awful, Amber. Um, but I will say... The moment that I remember walking out of the hospital and having this, this, like, just grappling of, like, what do I do now? Like, what do I do? Yeah. Who's going to take care of me? And it was in that space between the hospital and going home that I realized we have, like, a major problem in this community, not just here but all over the country. Families are leaving hospitals and they're not being supported. There's nobody there that's walking them and telling them, like, this is what you do now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's when I started my research. I started looking. I started looking for help. I couldn't find any help. And I live in Orlando. Um, yeah. I, I, was, I had a major problem with that. Well, I mean, you, you just been through the most devastating thing, I think, that, I mean, anyone could ever experience. And then there's no system in place to help you at all. Right. Um, right. I mean, what, what did you, what did you do like over the next few weeks and months? Like, how did you deal with that? Um, I was very angry. I was very angry. I, I was mad at so many things. I was mad at the injustice of her not being taken care of, of myself not being taken care of. Um, the hospital did um, did make things right. They did admit fault on some level. Um, however, I started realizing that in this country, there are many hospitals that deliver many babies that do not have full-time coverage um, or, or OBs on property. And some of these large hospitals where they deliver thousands of babies, they don't have staff on property. Mm. So... That was kind of jumbled in my mind, and I was just really yeah. struggling with that. Like, how is that okay? And yeah. in the meantime, I mean, I, I'm like, I, I'm on my deathbed. Like, I, I, I don't want to go on. I'm done. Like, this is my only daughter. 
Um, and, and in that time, two weeks after she died, I had gone to church. Um, my husband had gone back to work and I came home and things were kind of moved around and I thought somebody had come over and cleaned and I ran upstairs to change and I started like realizing that things were missing and I opened the closet and half of the closet was gone and like it's dawning on me that that's my husband's stuff that was missing and I realized that he had come in while I was gone and taken all of his stuff and he left and that was another time where I, I mean I, I had a nervous breakdown and I ended up in the emergency room that night um, and so my dad dying in February, Finley dying in August, and then two weeks later, he left me. I was done. I was like, God, I'm done. Like, I'm literally done with you. Like, yeah. like you have not shown up, you know. So yeah. it, it was rough. It was ugly. Um, I, I did not like God. I actually, I remember kind of like throwing a temper tantrum. Like, I'm not going to be a Christian anymore because everything I ever believed in, like, it, I, it's not making sense. Yeah, You know, you're a God of love and you're a God of, um, you know, justice and there's no justice here. And so yeah. the next few weeks I was very angry. I, I was more distraught about my divorce than I was the loss of Finley. Um, yeah. It just, I could not fathom that a human being could do that yeah. to somebody else. I mean, her death well, was final and it was awful, but yeah, it felt like, yeah. like, the divorce almost felt like preventable, like, you know, this didn't have to happen almost. Right. Yes. Yep. The divorce definitely. So I didn't even know over the next few months if he was really leaving me or what was happening. And there was so much uncertainty, but all the while God kept stirring in my heart, like, you know, Noel, there's something wrong with the fact that you didn't know where to go for help. And I could not shake that. I just couldn't. And I started researching and looking and I would attend um, monthly support groups in our area. And I'm like, this isn't enough. Yeah. Not only is it not enough for me, but it's not enough for anybody else. You know, I don't think. And so I started realizing like, we, I, I got to help people. I got to help people going through this because you know what? I've had people step up in my life and be there for me, but there's people out there that have nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, the you're just you're so amazing. I just am reminded of like how insanely strong you are and beautiful and oh, you're just so awesome. Um the series that um that this interview is going to be a part of is called Be Redeemed. And I just could not think of a more beautiful person to interview about redemption than you because when I look at everything you've been through uh, and then I look at what you're doing now, that's, I mean, that is redemption right there. Can you tell our audience a little bit about the Finley Project? Yeah, so, you know, it's really important for people to hear this part of my story because when I talk about my, my faith, what I realize my faith is, faith is not measured by a perfection of it. Faith is measured, faith is being in that moment and saying, God, I don't understand, but I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to somehow trust you. To me, that's what faith is. I think sometimes people think, you know what, I got to believe every single, single thing in the Bible and I can't have doubts, but David yeah. grappled, you know, David didn't understand. Yeah. And so I then realized, you know, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, you know, the enemy, the, the enemy came to 
steal. Literally, he tried to steal. He killed my daughter, and he and he destroyed my marriage. He literally wanted me gone, obliterated from this earth. And so once I realized that, it was on. Like, yeah. nothing was going to stop me, you know. And yeah. so I, uh, I developed this organization. It's called the Finley Project, named after her. And um, we uh, basically are the nation's only holistic program that walks with moms who lose infants. Um, the holistic approach is really important to me. It's basically kind of earning the trust of families and taking care of them from the moment they lose their child or even know they're going to lose their child to then yeah. supporting them, walking with them, getting them counseling, and then being with them over the next you know, years to come. Um, and so the Finley Project is not just based out of, it's based out of Orlando, but we help all over the country now. We actually have quite a few women um, in Western North Carolina, um, and we have moms in California, Texas, Pennsylvania, Louisiana, uh, Georgia. So, um, you know, I know that God is working through our ministry. Um, you know, we just, we want to just show love. We want people to wonder why we show love, and then we have an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. I love that. I mean, that is so cool, Noelle. I, I'm so excited for you and for the Finley Project that it's growing and people are like learning about your ministry and what, um, and people are becoming more aware of this huge gap uh, in our system where there are these people experiencing so much loss and then there's no one to help them. Uh, I love that you're doing that. Um, what would you say to someone who is maybe where you were in 2013, who feels like they have lost everything and they have nowhere to turn? I think the thing is, it's an interesting journey because few people understand it. Like some, you know, the statistic is pretty staggering. It is one in four experience miscarriage, uh, stillbirth, or the loss before the age of two. Um, but most people hide it. They're embarrassed. They don't know what to do with themselves. My thing is, in, in those moments, just be you. It's okay to cry. It's okay to say, I don't want to go to my best friend's baby shower. Um, yeah. It's okay to say, God, I don't understand. I think that somebody like me, where I didn't think I was going to make it, I hope that you see there is hope on the other side. Like, and the, here's the reality. It never goes away. I don't buy it. You're never over it. You never move on. There's never a yeah. moving on. That child that died goes with you forever. It's she or he or she is with you forever. And just have peace in that. They're not behind you. They're a part of you, you know, to the day you die. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope that's encouraging to somebody. Yeah, it, absolutely. It's encouraging to me. Um, I, how can our listeners find out more about you and about the Finley Project? Uh, yeah. Uh, so we have our website. So it's thefinleyproject.org. That's O-R-G. And then we have a couple Facebook pages. So it's thefinleyproject.org or the Finley Project as well as Instagram. Um, but, yeah, everything is on, on our website. It's pretty full. If, uh, if anybody has any questions or thoughts, you know, I'm absolutely open to that. We're always looking for ways to, ways to raise support. Um, 
And just to put it in perspective, all of our moms receive 12 counseling sessions. They receive um, three massage therapy sessions, house cleaning, three house cleaning services. Um, so they receive quite a, a, a good amount of services. And each of our moms receive uh, $2,000 worth of services. Wow. Um, so we're always looking for ways to find support and fundraise because, um, once again, a need is overwhelming. The need yeah. is very overwhelming. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, of course. And, and I have one last uh, question for you. Uh, there are people who um, are like me, like I cannot even imagine the kind of loss that you have been through. Um, I mean, I've experienced my own version of loss, but nothing like that. How, what would you say to somebody like that who hasn't personally experienced it but wants to help um, the people that they know who have been through something terrible? Like, what, what do you say to somebody who's gone through what you've gone through? Yeah, it's interesting because I get asked this a lot. I think people, you know, it's just such a, it's, most people don't know what to do or how to navigate through it. The thing is, with people that lose children, the loss is different than other losses. And mm. um, the worst thing you can do is ignore them or not, um, not even reach out. And the number one thing I would say is say what you're thinking. I, I often yeah. hear people go, I don't know what to tell that person. Then just say that to them. If you're thinking, I have no words, say that to them. Um, the other, the second thing I would say is you, you, if you've got a friend that's going through this, commit to the long haul, commit yeah. to, um, you know, the six months, the year, because that's when it's really hard. The six yeah. months out to a year is when it really gets bad. And, you know, there, there will be times when you reach out and they don't respond. Um, yeah. I definitely, the third thing would, I would say is don't take it personal. Yeah. Don't take it personal how they do or don't respond to you. Yeah. That's such good advice. Well, uh, Noelle, I know that you have uh, lots of other commitments and people to talk to and things to do, but I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and to share with our listeners. I want to encourage everybody to check out the Finley Project, check out Noelle. The work that they are doing is uh, is amazing. I was on your website the other day, and um, there's a section where um, someone wrote a letter to their son, or is it a letter to their son about Finley? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so beautiful. Every, everything on that website will inspire you. Um, donate just anything that the Lord leads you to do to support this ministry. Share uh, Share their page on Facebook, whatever you can do, because... The work that they are doing is unbelievable. It's so powerful. And like I said, I could not even think of a more beautiful story of redemption for this series that we're doing. So thank you so much for spending your time with us this morning. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. All right, Noelle. Well, um, we will be in touch, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you, guys. Thanks, Amber. All right, bye. Okay, all right, bye, friends.